section forty five masterpieces of negro eloquence edited by alice dunbar nelson this librivox recording is in the public domain education for manhood by kelly miller we must keep clearly in mind the proposition that the educational process is always under domination of contemporary opinion the education prescribed for any class is likely to be conditioned upon the presumed relationship of that class to the social body when woman was regarded as an inferior creature whose destiny was to serve as a tool and plaything of man she was accorded only such education as would fit her for this subsidiary function any other training was regarded as unnecessary and mischievous it is only within comparatively recent times when man began to realize the essential human quality and powers of the female sex and deemed it not mockery to place her on the same footing with himself that the comprehensive education of woman has become a possibility the traditional relation of the american negro to the society of which he forms a part is too well known to need extensive treatment in this connection the african slave was introduced into this country as a pure animal instrumentality to perform the rougher work under dominion of his white lord and master there was not the remotest thought of his human personality no more account was taken of his higher qualities than of the higher susceptibilities of the lower animals his mission was considered to be as purely mechanical as that of the ox which pulls the plough indeed his human capabilities were emphatically denied it was stoutly contended that he did not possess a soul to be saved in the world to come nor a mind to be enlightened in the world that now is under the dominion of this dogma education was absolutely forbidden him it became a crime even to attempt to educate this tertium quid which was regarded as little more than brute and little less than human the white race in its arrogant conceit constituted the personalities and the negro the instrumentalities man may be defined as a distinction-making animal he is ever prone to set up barriers between members of his own species and to deny one part of god's human creatures the inalienable birthright vouchsafed to all alike but the process was entirely logical and consistent with the prevailing philosophy the anti-slavery struggle stimulated the moral energy of the american people in a manner that perhaps has never had a parallel in the history of vicarious endeavor one touch of nature makes the whole world kin in dealing with fundamental principles of human rights and human wrongs 
involved in the issue of slavery these moral reformers found that the negro was a human being endowed with heart and mind and conscience like as themselves albeit these powers of personality had long been smothered and imbruted by centuries of suppression and harsh usage these philanthropists believed in the essential manhood of the negro this belief was the chief dynamic of their endeavor upon this foundation they not only broke the negro's chain but clothed him with political and civic prerogative as an american citizen they established schools and colleges and universities for him because they believed in his higher susceptibilities to-day we are almost astounded at the audacity of their faith they projected a scheme of education comparable with the standards set up for the choicest european youth for a race which had hitherto been submerged below the zero point of intelligence these schools and colleges founded and fostered on this basis were the beginnings of the best that there is in the race and the highest which it can hope to be but alas as the passion engendered by the war grew weaker and weaker the corresponding belief in the negro has also declined and the old dogma concerning his mission as a human tool has begun to reassert itself in certain sections the white race has always claimed that the negro should not be encouraged in the development of personality the denial of the designation mr is suggestive of this disposition with them the term mr is made to mean a direct designation of personality there is no objection to such titles as doctor reverend or professor as these connote professional rather than personal quality our whole educational activities are under the thrall of this retrograde spirit we are marking time rather than moving forward the work is being carried on rather than up our bepuzzled pedagogues are seriously reflecting over the query qui bono is it worth while few indeed are left who have the intensity of belief and the intrepidity of spirit to defend the higher pretensions of the negro without apology or equivocation the old form of appeal has become insipid and uninspiring the ear has become dull to its dinging the old blade has become blunt and needs a new sharpness of point and keenness of edge where now is heard the tocsin call whose keynote a generation ago resounded from the highlands of kentucky and tennessee to the plains of the carolinas calling the black youths whose hopes ran high within their bosoms to rise and make for higher things this clarion note though still for the nonce shall not become a lost chord its inspiring tones must again appeal to the youth to arise to their higher assertion and exertion if you wish to reach and inspire the life of the people the approach must be made not to the intellectual nor yet to the feelings as the final basis of appeal but to the manhood that lies back of these that education of youth especially the suppressed class that does not make insistent and incessant appeals to the smothered manhood i had almost said godhood within will prove to be but vanity and vexation of spirit 
what boots a few chapters in chemistry or pages in history or paragraphs in philosophy unless they result in an enlarged appreciation of one's own manhood those who are to stand in the high places of intellectual moral and spiritual leadership of such a people in such a time as this must be made to feel deep down in their own souls their own essential manhood they must believe that they are created in the image of god and that nothing clothed in human guise is a more faithful likeness of the original this must be the dominant note in the education of the negro if the note itself is not new there must at least be a newness of emphasis and insistence the negro must learn in school what the white boy absorbs from association and environment the american white man in his ordinary state is supremely conscious of his manhood prerogative he may be ignorant or poor or vicious yet he never forgets that he is a man but every feature of our civilization is calculated to impress upon the negro a sense of his inferiority and to make him feel and believe that he is good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under foot of other men a race like an individual that compromises its own self-respect paralyzes and enfeebles its own energies the motto which should be engraved upon the conscience of every american negro is that which milton places in the mouth of his satanic majesty the mind is its own place and of itself can make a heaven of hell a hell of heaven to inculcate this principle is the highest mission of the higher education the old theologians used to insist upon the freedom of the will but the demand of the negro to-day is for the freedom and independence of his own spirit destroy this and all is lost preserve it and though political rights civil privileges industrial opportunities be taken away for the time they will all be regained by the development of manhood on the part of the negro nothing is farther from my thought than the inculcation of that pugnacious defiant disposition which vents itself in wild ejaculations and impotent screaming against the evils of society i mean the full appreciation of essential human qualities and claims and the firm unyielding determination to press forward to the mark of this calling and not to be swerved from its pursuit by doubt denial danger rebuff ridicule insult and contemptuous treatment while the negro may not have it within his power to resist or overcome these things he must preserve the integrity of his own soul the higher education of the negro up to this point has been very largely under the direction and control of philanthropy the support has come almost wholly from that source the development of this sense of manhood should be the highest concern of a wise discriminating philanthropy for if this is once developed the negro will be able to handle his own situation and relieve his philanthropic friends from further consideration or concern but if he fails to develop this spirit of manhood he will be but a drag upon the resources of philanthropy for all times to come the negro must develop courage and self-confidence a grasp upon the principles of knowledge gives the possessor the requisite spirit of confidence 
to the timid the world is full of mystery manipulated and controlled by forces and powers beyond their ken to comprehend but knowledge convinces us that there is no mystery in civilization the railroad the steamship and the practical projects that loom so large to the unreflecting are but the result of the application of thought to things the mechanical powers and forces of nature are open secrets for all who will undertake to unravel the mystery and so it is with essential and moral principles the one who will have himself rooted and grounded in the fundamental principles of things can look with complacence upon the panorama of the world's progress the negro should plant one foot on the ten commandments and the other on the binomial theorem he can then stand steadfast and immovable however the rain of racial wrath may fall or the angry winds of prejudice may blow and beat upon him the educated negro must learn to state his own case and to plead his own cause before the bar of public opinion no people who raise up from out their midst a cultivated class who can plead their own cause and state their own case will fail of a hearing before the just judgment of mankind the educated negro to-day represents the first generation grown to the fullness of the stature of manhood under the influence and power of education they are the first ripened fruit of philanthropy and by them alone will the wisdom or folly of that philanthropy be justified the hope of the race is focused in them they are the headlight to direct the pathway through the dangers and vicissitudes of the wilderness for want of vision the people perish for want of wise direction they stumble and fall there is no body of men in the world to-day nor in the history of the world who have or ever have had greater responsibilities or more coveted opportunities than devolves upon the educated negro to-day it is indeed a privilege to be a negro of light and leading in such a time as this the incidental embarrassments and disadvantages which for the time being must be endured are not to be compared with the far more exceeding weight of privileges and glory which awaits him if he rises to these high demands for such a privilege well may he forego the pleasure of civilization for a season his world consists of ten million souls who have wrapped up in them all the needs and necessities powers and possibilities of human nature they contain all the norms of civilization from its roots to its fluorescence his is the task to develop and vitalize these smothered faculties and potentialities his education will prove to be but vanity and vexation of spirit unless it ultimates in this task he is the salt of the earth and if the salt lose its savour wherewith shall it be salted if the light within the racial world be darkness how great is that darkness the highest call of the civilization of the world to-day is to the educated young men of the belated races the educated young manhood of japan china india egypt and turkey must lift their own people up to the level of their own high conception they must partake of the best things in the civilization of europe and show them unto their own people the task of the educated american negro is the same as theirs intensified perhaps by the more difficult and intricate tangle of circumstances and conditions with which he has to deal he cannot afford to sink into slothful satisfaction and enjoy a tasteless leisure 
or with inane self-deception hide his head under the shadow of his wings like the foolish bird which thereby hopes to escape the wrath to come the white race through philanthropy has done much but its vicarious task culminated when it developed the first generation of educated men and women they must do the rest these philanthropists spoke for us when our tongues were tied they pleaded our cause when we were speechless but now our faculties have been unloosed we must stand upon our own footing in buffeting the tempestuous torrents of the world we must either swim on the surface or sink out of sight the greatest gratitude that the beneficiary can show to the benefactor is as soon as possible to do without his benefaction the task of race statesmanship and reclamation devolves upon the educated negro of this day and generation moral energy must be brought to bear upon the task whether the negro be engaged in the production of wealth or in the more recondite pursuits which minister to the higher needs of man the white race is fast losing faith in the negro as an efficient and suitable factor in the equation of our civilization curtailment of political civil and religious privilege and opportunity is but the outward expression of this apostasy as the white man's faith decreases our belief in ourselves must increase every negro in america should utter this prayer with his face turned toward the light lord i believe in my own inherent manhood help thou my unbelief the educated negro must express his manhood in terms of courage in the active as well as in the passive voice courage to do as well as to endure courage to contend for the right while suffering wrong the courage of self-belief that is always commensurate with the imposed task the world believes in a race that believes in itself but justly despises the self-bemeaned such is the mark and the high calling to which the educated negro of to-day is called may he rise to the high level of it never was there a field whiter unto harvest never was there louder cry for labourers in the vineyard of the lord End of section forty five